Welcome to Criticalio. Come join us for a good pizza and a good talk. Thank you, grazie, grazie, grazie mille. This is The Critical Channel, a show about engineering leadership, culture, architecture, and several other very easy problems. With Maxim Kravitz, Pedro Carvalho, Italo Vietro, and myself, Kieran Patel. This week's topic is burnout. It happened again today. Oh my god, you guys. I was just mentally, mentally harassed. DevOps. DevOps, DevOps. So is, that we how, are how we ta- is that how we take a photograph? Welcome Just, everybody. Hey everybody, to the Maxi, podcast. make sure you're in the picture properly. And three, two, one, everybody say DevOps. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> We're here today with two DevOps. Exactly. There we go. Kieran and Max, two of our favorite two, DevOps. Two DevOps. Uh, somebody Yay, who's DevOps. operating on a different time zone to the rest of us. And uh, Italo, who at the moment is advertising Cap Theorem. Yeah. <laughs> so true. <laughs> he is. He's a strong proponent of cap theorem. Yeah. Yes. He's That's proof that you can have all the letters. You can have the C, the A, and the P. You can have cap. There it is. Not only do you have C A P, you also have T E A. So <laughs> there we go. I, I'm feeling good. <laughs> yeah, I think at some point we should start recording the video feed like properly, not with Zoom, because that might make for a very entertaining YouTube video. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, it's like behind many... the scenes kind of video. <laughs> Pedro, how many cameras has your wife got? Can we all like steal one each and just have fancy cameras? She wouldn't miss a few, right? Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, that's fine. Easy. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I actually, actually um, yeah. I'd love to do that with uh, like mounting an SLR and using the proper webcam thing. But I think my ca- my SLR uh, only re- only the video only stays on for like forty five minutes at a time or something, and then it cuts out. So it would kind of uh, something should stop us at some point. You know, that's that's a good to, to have. Thing. Something should stop us from buying more equipment yeah. before we're like that guy like with all the with all the spandex and like the big long like cycle helmet going back for Man. ages and like a three thousand euro bike Listen, and doesn't know how to ride here, it. Here's my video setup. It's a broken spider tripod and an old iPhone. Pretty good. Yeah, and Pedro's using like the cheapest mic and he sounds amazing. Thank you. So Thank amazing you. that people complimented him at work several times. That's true. I'm telling One you, guy, like what yeah. At least you have a proper phone recording yourself. So that is good. I have a webcam for my Mac. I still have to buy my webcam. Or you so. can use that application Pedro was using last time. Uh, yeah. I, I consider Super it. Yep. People at work only saw the cat icon like three times so far. It's super reliable. <laughs> what what icon? Oh, cat okay. icon, yeah. The, the, the ratio is good. <laughs> so this episode nine, is sponsored nine, by nine, some six. random app that Pedro found. And we don't even know who it is. This, uh, this, this episode is brought to you by some random Finnish person, presumably... Or China. Thank you, thank you, random Finnish person. Or yeah, or possibly thank you, random government agency. Yeah. Hello, uh, NSA and or Chinese hello. government. 
<laughs> Quick, Taliban, Al-Qaeda, dirty bomb. <laughs> now we've done it. <laughs> Demonetized. <laughs> Cancel. <laughs> So, yeah, so I mean, you know, if uh, if you guys want to hear any more episodes, no one's going to sponsor us ever after that. So uh, we're Patreon, doing right, maybe. Patreon, maybe oh, yeah, you guys heard of that podcast uh, Radio Spitkauf? So there's podcast <laughs> Ber- Berlin used in English. Like cool people, I think all of them are journalists, or most of them. Anyway, they announced a sponsor, and uh, the sponsor was uh, giving. Something, something had to do with insurance, like a simple way how to get insurance. Everything is in English. Everything is online. You go there, punch your data in, blah, 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 boom, insurance. So they said that. And during next episode, they had to announce that their sponsor went bankrupt. And there was a warning for future sponsors, like, hey, guys, not every sponsor that tries to sponsor us goes bankrupt. So don't be scared. Depends what their rates are. Mm. Ah, Yeah. But speaking about buying equipment, I seriously, I have to stop buying stuff like the, this late latest acquisition was uh, probably enough. And then something else will come up and then I, I want to buy it again. And that's not that's not working. That's how the work. world works. Come on. That's how I'm going to go bankrupt. <laughs> that's, that's how it. business has all the trillions. See, I knew it. We just gave who, it who, to him. Who is the owner? <laughs> who is the owner of Ikea? <laughs> I'm uh, oh, I, don't. I think it's still the same family. Okay, so they're also getting three dinners. But in all seriousness, guys, like I got this microphone as a recommendation from Kira. Uh, he pointed out to me and it looked pretty good. But before I bought it, I watched some reviews on YouTube and I found this channel, this channel called Pod- Podcastage, and he does oh, yeah. comparisons I know this between. Guy. Yeah. And at one point, he's doing a comparison between like a $20 microphone and a $1,000 microphone. And I swear to God, to me, they sounded a little bit different, but I couldn't tell which one was best. Genuinely, if, 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 they, if he had said that the prices were reversed, I would have believed it. And I, I totally understand that as you get more into this audio business, you start to be able to tell the differences more, more, more strongly. But for the casual ear, I mean... I, I can't tell the difference. So why spend 500 bucks on, on gear if you can't tell the difference? I think you'll eat those words in six months' time when oh, you have yeah. like microphones filling up your entire room. Yeah. No, we sure. also only record spoken <laughs> words so far and a bunch of expensive microphones. They are usually the universal ones. There is a kick drum option. There is this filter and that filter and some other things. We're good with what we have. Do any of those help you come up with better material? No. <laughs> ha. And we will also never need more than 64 kilobytes of RAM. Through that. <laughs> Says Captain Threadripper. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. No one but me. <laughs> uh, uh, so anyway, what is this that we're talking about today? So what, burnout. what are we talking about, about burnout? Today again? Burnout? burnout. Burnout. Oh, yeah. Burnout. I'm so burnt out on this topic, burnout you guys. Sanders. I've, just, I've, I've had enough yeah. of this topic. <laughs> exactly. And that sums it up. Thank you for listening to this episode. <laughs> Sponsored That's by it. Dildo King. <laughs> yeah, let me just applaud that straight to whatever, like whatever we hosted. No editing needed. Done. Boom. Done. That is it. Can we yep, I'm happy share... with the results. 
Can we share a story of burnout? I mean, uh, it sounds like you have one to share, so please. I might have mm-hmm. one as well. I, I might have two, actually. Oh, I definitely have at least two. I have two. I definitely have two. Ito, you spoke first. Go ahead. Oh, did I? Okay. Yep. Um, so yeah, b- burnout. Um, so my, my example, so everything started HelloFresh. Um, 2016. Yeah. 2016. 2016. Some, some stupid British guy joined and just ruined <laughs> everything for you. Everything went to shit. Oh, God. No, but you, you probably were on my team at that point when I was completely uh, destroyed. I know when this was already. Like, yeah. <laughs> you don't need to go any further. But right. I mean, not, not for me, for everybody else, please. But yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, well, there were there were two instances of that point. Like uh, one of them was the beautiful migration to the ALF service and API gateways and shit like that. Um, so that was very interesting. So we were migrating, you know, like the whole authentication system at HelloFresh at the time. Uh, definitely Maxim also remembers that. I think Pedro was already out at that point. No, 2016, I was still there, but I was doing other stuff. Right. Right. That's true. So that was around December that when we started this migration. So Christmas oh, time. Then, I, then I was out. Then I was out. Right. So that was the point. And uh, the migration was pretty intense. We've spent quite a lot of long time in, the, in, a, in a room, the old dungeon. We launched um, everything on a T2 micro database. We did launch everything we in a are T2 micro database. Yeah, having, having like 15 engineers in the room, best. no one noticed mm. that. No one noticed. <laughs> that was beautiful. That caused a lot of stress in my in my head for quite a long time but basically so this whole migration in the end just to be clear it worked but what we've been through to make it work it was uh, it was pretty challenging but whatever um, so we did this whole migration and everything um, on the alf service and then it came another point where we did a migration for the gateway which was even more stressful um, and 15 engineers in the in the room we ate pizza until i don't know until very late at night and uh and then very early in the morning we were there for this this stood like this for like i think two weeks is that it maybe maybe about that i don't really remember i don't but think i, I was there we finished for the gateway this, stuff but yeah i remember we finished this when it was beginning of january we went down for because of the t2 micro database um so that was an interesting mistake. Um, but yeah, after, after this whole migration passed, uh, for whatever reason, I couldn't focus on anything else. Like whatever task I was, gave, I was, uh, I was taking, um, I was taking this and couldn't really focus on anything. Um, I started feeling very, very tired every time I go to the office or went to the office. Um, I was completely tired, grampy. And well, I'm, I'm usually not very grumpy in the morning, but I was very grumpy in that, in that case. Um, and after that time, um, I realized that I couldn't really do anything else. So I took some vacation and I thought, okay, this is going to fix things. Right. I, I, I think I took like two weeks of vacation or something, maybe less. I was like, okay, two weeks, I'll go somewhere in a nice beach, 
somewhere in the winter. And that's gonna work, let's see. And I went out on vacation, it was all good, all fine. But then I came back and things were not really fixed. That's the point when I realized that burnout actually, uh, you know, a simple vacation doesn't really fix it um, if you don't control it beforehand. Um, you're gonna you're gonna suffer the consequences of it for quite a long time. Um, and I think I faced this burnout consequence. I don't know. I can even say like maybe for two months after it happened, even more. Um, you know, like not very not feeling very good with my health and my my confidence and everything. Actually, was pretty was pretty shitty. I, I think you're, I think you might even be understating it a little bit because I mean, um, from my own experience, becoming burnt out, which was uh, with a particular product guy who uh, I think, I think, yeah, there you go. We we know who it is. Um, yeah. But with my own experience of becoming burnt out, you know, it was it was literally six to eight months before yeah, I was feeling yeah. okay. Because the thing is, you you know, you can't take the time off that you that you need in order to recover from it like mm. the, the and if ultimately the only thing that did uh, allow me to completely I, I mostly recover but the only thing that allowed me to completely recover from that was changing jobs and uh, moving true. away that helped that's true um because all of a sudden those you know those problems are behind you and it's like a, a new set of problems that you can face but even yeah. then you're not going into the new job being like excited to to start this new set of problems it's almost like mm. it's a relief rather than motivation so um yeah and i think ultimately that's the first thing that goes you know the amount of times uh during that period of burnout where i was just in my head i was thinking you know what like i don't care like guys you do whatever you do, do whatever, whatever you, you want. want like i yeah, yeah. you I, I just i've stopped caring and i remember you saying the same thing yep as well yeah, yeah. Um, that's that was terrible like that was the second incident that i was going to mention um and that was yeah. the the whole the whole problem that we already know um which actually made me leave in the end um so at that point in time yes i said like you know what do whatever you want i i can't discuss this anymore i'm gonna do my own thing and that's it and that's terrible but what i have a hard time figuring out is when do you know that you are actually burned out you know, like when, when you as a person can say, look, I'm burned out. And I don't know if I can identify that now, retrospectively looking into this, I can. But at the time, I couldn't. I thought I was just tired for a week. That's it. So I like to uh, go into kind of conflict situations um, with an open mind, thinking, you know, nobody is here to sabotage each other. Sometimes it feels like it's, you know, your team or squad or tribe or whatever the hell they're called this week uh, against the other one. But ultimately, you know, everybody's trying to do what they think is best. Everybody's trying to like work toward, yeah. you know, towards the better good of the company that, that you, you happen to be working for. And a, a clear sign for me um, that, you know, that maybe I was experiencing burnout was less caring about whether what we were doing was best for the company and more caring about whether what the solution that we came to was going to give me some peace. Mm -hmm. So less like, you know, I am willing to work hard and do the right thing to find the right solution for the problem that we have at hand and more 
like, let's please just palm as much of this off onto somebody else because I do not have the mental capacity to deal with this problem. I think that was like a very early sign of it for me. But you're right. It's, it's one of those things, you know, it's, um, it's not just burnout. There's a lot of psychological kind of states where you don't realize you're in that state until later on. Sometimes it's, uh, when you, you start to have an anxiety attack or, or if you're angry, sometimes you don't realize you're angry until later on you look back and you go, wow, I was seriously pissed off then. And, and I said some things that I didn't mean to. Yeah. Or you're um, irritable for no reason. That's yeah, just true. called the morning before I've had coffee, but yes. Oh yeah, I, I've done this a lot. <laughs> Max, you were going to share a story too, weren't you? Yeah. Yeah, I might share a couple. I mean, uh, I was going to say HelloFresh, but I think we should also mention that it's not that we're trying to share all this awful stories about this awful company that made no. us quit and blah 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 it's i would actually 100 percent recommend people go and work for HelloFresh. i think it's oh, a fantastic yeah. company yeah they were just going through some growing pens and we were there at the wrong time to experience that exactly same ultimately. thing I, i'm not even uh i think it's not even the like it's can hardly call it the wrong moment it's just we were there at that time and now the time yeah. is different and there is always this period in the life of every company when uh, teams just need to change just because it's a different vibe. Companies doing different things. I don't know. So many other things, uh, get different with time anyway. And also what <clears throat> I was thinking a lot, like going back to what you guys said about how do you, how do you know whether you're in that state? I think after I changed jobs only about three months after that happened, after like I started working for a new company or maybe even four months after, only then I realized that, hey, something weird actually happened to me. Like only then I sort of realized like the full uh, damage that was done. Hmm. And again, I'm not blaming the company for anything. It's, there is as much my own fault in this as much there is, let's call it companies. Well, I mean, it's not like it arrives with a with a poster saying "burnout is here," right? <laughs> it creeps in. You don't yeah. notice that it's happening until yeah. you're way into it. Part of it is, that is y true. your own naivety at the time. It, for you know, for us, it, it was uh, at least mine, and I think for you, you guys as well. It was like first experience of working in in a high pressure startup environment that was going through that kind of growth. Yes. And ultimately yeah. I didn't have the immune system to defend against the, the stress that came with that. Hmm. Um, and like I say, you know, thing, things were not stressful because it was a, ba a bad place to work. It was just ultimately I was unprepared for, for some of what that brought. Um, and I feel that if I went back into into that company or into a similar company, which is definitely not something that I would rule out. It's, I, I would actually welcome that challenge again at some point. But if I did go back, whether that was to HelloFresh or to another kind of growing startup at that, at that similar kind of phase, um, I feel like I would be better prepared to deal with that. I would, I would uh, not give so much of my life and my energy to the company and, and kind of run a more sustainable marathon in, instead of you know, 5am critical after 5am critical after 5am critical, which ultimately I didn't have to deal with because somebody 
was on call, and I was just doing it through masochism almost. That resonates yeah. a lot with me. I mean, I'm doing something similar, right? I joined a company that's now where HelloFresh was when we were there in the beginning. And I can see that. I can see signs of that in the teams that I that I have. Um, people going through similar things that we went through. And I think that having had the experience that I had there with, with you guys is really helping me to be a little bit more calm about how I respond to these things and how I try to guide my teams and the people in those teams through these situations. Um, I don't know yet if I'm being very successful. It's early days, but I hope that I'm being able to apply those learnings here. But it's interesting to, like, I thought something similar to what you just said, Kieran, how if I was, if I were to go back there with what I know now, I would have probably handled things a bit differently. I would have had more of a perspective to see like where it's worth it to uh, spend your time and energy and where it's worth to just maybe step back a little bit, let others handle it. Also this perspective of what's truly important and what isn't so important uh, or so urgent that you don't have when it's your first rodeo, right? Hmm. Yeah, also, if I may go back to on-call for a second. I mean, after all, this channel is called... Uh, not the channel, this podcast is called The Critical Channel. And Critical Channel. I mean... Critical Channel. We all know where that came from. It came exactly. from something yes. that was The Critical Channel uh, at the same company. I think every and, company uh, has something like this, right? I mean, I don't want to speak for your guys' slacks, but we have oh, like, yeah, hashtag yeah, sure. incidents... Like so, one yeah. way or the other, either it's a channel or an email where a bunch of alert comes in and then it's a group email and everyone gets it or something else or just some poor person who has a phone and everyone knows that the number and everyone calls that number whenever something bad happens. Alert like, from pagerjudy.com. Yeah, one way or the <laughs> other or just someone's desk where everyone goes to and says, hey, the website is down. This episode of oh, the Critical God, yes. Channel is sponsored by PagerDuty. Exactly. <laughs> and <Yeah>. Optioney. <laughs> yeah, so I Sponsored think... by Atlassian then. I don't, I, I'm not sure I want that, to be honest, but okay. No. <laughs> you don't. <laughs> yeah, we're not bashing companies anymore, right? Except when it's Atlassian. Damn. <laughs> there's companies and then there's Atlassian. Yes. So, uh, back to on-call. I think a lot of my burnout was like it all happened mostly because of how much i participated in this on-call thing and uh basically as italo was saying uh i became super grumpy at some point like so grumpy and when i'm grumpy i cannot think straight and make proper decisions and when people were talking to me i wasn't really paying attention to what they were saying i was just thinking that hey everyone wants to do something stupid and i'm the only one guy here who has to solve everything and no one understands me and blah 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 now in retrospect i mean obviously that was all bullshit what i should have done but okay everything in the right order let's go back to on call so on call at hellofresh or any other startup is messy. I think every on-call is messy, especially at the start. Yeah. And when you have a lot of people who are very passionate about what they do and the product and everything, everyone wants to do the good thing, which is to finally 
fix it, something that is broken at the moment and bring it back up. And a lot of us went there, uh, like no one forced us to do on-call. We were just so happy to actually fix things. Almost got like a kick out of it. Like, hey, we fixed another one. Yay. It was very but, satisfying. Yeah. Uh, but when you Top do man. this... Yeah, what, what's that thing is called immediate gratification. Like you really get a kick out of it. It's like, hey, look at that. Like for some people it's, hey, I'm a top man. For others it's like, oh, like I fixed it or we fixed it as a team. It doesn't even matter whether it's like super personal or you're just happy for the team. You still get a kick out of it. Like, oh, did a good thing. Yay. But then when you keep doing this for some period of time, it, 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 it is exhausting. Like you're doing this, what, not even on a daily basis, you're doing it whenever something breaks and when your young company... You're reactive. You're, is... you're, you're no longer the master of your own time because mm. what's the master of your own time is that pager going off. Yep. Yeah. And I was stupid enough that when I was really stupid, like I should not have said, yeah, not that even said yes, no one asked me, like I just started doing this myself. My thinking was this, like, hey, I'm an engineer who can contribute to like fixing some of those issues. So why wouldn't I just join this all call group? Just not participate in the proper rotation, but just be there for people. Like my phone number was available on Slack. People knew that they could call me. And I wasn't the only one. Like there were like a bunch of heroes there. And I think Kieran was also one of those. Like, hey, yeah, if anything happens, just just give me a call. And then in the end, it uh, it was very bad. Like you get really exhausted and that's like, I think you cannot properly understand why. Like, oh, I'm just tired. Like, let me maybe not participate in this for a week or take vacation or something. And then you have your vacation and everything is amazing. Then you go back to the office and a couple more sleepless nights and you're destroyed again. Not even a couple, like right after the first one. I think we could very easily pivot to an episode about um, criticals at this point and, and on-call. Uh, there yeah. is so, so much I could talk about with this, but to, to kind of like draw it back to burnout as well. Ultimately, the, the thing that made me realize how bad it was, um, how bad constantly being on-call was, regardless of whether my name was on the rotation or not, it was, you know, I was always one of those people who would be there. Um, and it was it was my girlfriend, my other half, going, uh, like, oh, you don't have the phone now, like, yeah, like I'm I'm actually going to get a good night's sleep. So ultimately, you know, it was affecting the the people I care about around me as well, and uh, yeah, you know that plus, even if there's no pager going off waking her up, uh, I'm irritable to her and it like it starts to impact into my personal life as well and plus what with it being something that can happen at any time of the day or night even if you know i like to think that when there is a critical issue to solve and i i do think this is a whole other episode of how to handle these situations um but i like to think that i am quite calm and methodical and i can kind of go through the problem and, and resolve it um and I think there's definitely all of us, there's probably certain tips we can share for how to, how to deal with that. And I would actually genuinely like to talk about that in future. Uh, but 
regardless of whether there is actually an issue that particular morning or evening or lunchtime or whatever, you're constantly kind of waiting for it. You're yeah. constantly... So I can actually equate this to, you know, um, sometimes you're lying in bed, it's like three o'clock in the morning, some idiot goes past on a stupid motorbike. Five minutes later, he goes past again, and then that's it, you can't sleep, because you're just lying there, waiting, going, is the motorbike going to go past again? Do I have to like go onto my balcony and start throwing bricks at him to make him shut up? Um, which is honestly something that I've considered, but I don't have the right insurance for it, so. But, uh, <laughs> German jokes. Um, but it's, it's the same thing, right? I can be lying there, just the phone hasn't gone off. The phone can, might not have gone off in a week. I might have been perfectly fine, but I'm still lying there knowing that there is the potential that my phone can ring and someone can go, hey, uh, you know, uh, our ordering system is down and we don't know what to do. Um, and, and you do, so please fix it. Um, and then, you know, ultimately, part of that is on me for being the guy who is known to be able to fix things. And that's something that I'm desperately trying not to end up being in, in the company where I am at the moment. Uh, but obviously documentation is again, a whole nother episode and, and like teaching people how to, how to fish rather than showing them what a fish looks like is a whole nother episode as well. Um, but you know, there's so much that I could have done better and ultimately let myself down and left my, like led myself down this track into becoming super stressed out and, and grumpy and just genuinely a terrible person. Um, there's so much you can do to defend against that. But as I was saying before, if you don't have the immune system, if you don't, if if you're not prepared to to deal with it, if you don't know what you're getting yourself into, it's so easy to kind of go down that slippery slope and end up being the critical guy, oh, it's yeah. like the ops totally. guy, but much more stressful. Oh yeah. Yeah. If I may add. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Go. Yeah. If I may add one more thing. Uh, again, shortly going back to on call and burnout connected to it. Uh, also what I have realized much after that, after I changed jobs and everything, like how stupid that idea was to just be there to help people fix shit instead of having, uh, my sleep and then spending my day actually fixing the underlying issue. How much better would that be instead of just being there and helping people fight their things and everything? Like, if there is someone else who wants to be the hero, just let them be. But then come to the office next day and make sure that you've done everything you could to actually make sure that this never happens. Well, that's something that I'd, again, I'd really like to talk about that in a future episode, but like mitigating the problem rather than solving the problem is such an important concept when it comes to being on call duct tape it have it being okay and then you can deal with it after you've had some sleep and and you know yeah and on your I, own I personally and i think i can even say we pretty much all of us who are here we've uh become like super super experienced in mitigating things and we've become super good <laughs> at it but then when it uh was about uh actually fixing the shit 
we've never got to it for various reasons. We've never had time. We've never had, I don't know, the will or anything like we've, we've never done it. Like so many issues, uh, were there when I left and I cannot just go and say, Hey, it's, it's all because of you guys. I was like trying to do my best, uh, fixing them, but no, apparently I was not. It took a while to, to realize that. But that, that then comes back to burnout and you, you know, at that point you're just like, you know what? I don't care. It's working. It's, it's, mm. it's hacked together. Yeah. And, and I don't care because, um, because I'm tired, because I'm fed up, because I just can't look at this anymore. I have, I have a different perspective on, on the burnout thing as well. Like something that it took me a while to realize, but it, it's so simple for a lot of people. But for me, it was always, you know, something that I did and up to recently, actually. So I have my phone and I had my, my email, my work email on the phone and Slack on the phone. And I was constantly like that thing that Kieran just mentioned, uh, you know, you're constantly waiting for something to happen. Um, that's the kind of feeling that I had when I had these things on my phone. Like every time that, you know, like it vibrated, I was like, shit, something happened at work. And I looked at it and it was nothing related to it, but the anxiety was there. And, um, when it actually happened, like when, when messages come in, came in, um, you know, even asking for simple things, um, I was like, oh God, no, I don't want to do this. And, and, you know, this feeling of, of heavy weight on your shoulders and you have to do it and you have to go back and solve something, uh, because well, you solve something or, right now. Either that or the complete opposite where something comes in and it's not important, but because your adrenaline is up, you jump on it and you do it and you don't exactly. either have the evening that you were planning to have, or if it's like in the middle of the working day, you lose your track on something that was way more important that you were kind Precisely. of steadily working on. Oh, I can um, talk endlessly you, about that. And it, it, it's not even about HelloFresh. The company no, no, I worked for before. I'm not, I'm not I, I, st I still do that now. I know better. We're, I'm sat here preaching and I'm still making the same mistakes. So... Right. Uh, I, I tried, I tried to get better. So I took at least the email out of my phone, but I'm still guilty of having, you know, Slack on the phone, which is a mistake. Um, cause you know, I, I was just a few weeks ago, not a few weeks, last week, actually, I was having lunch. So we're now all remote, which makes it even harder to disconnect if you don't have the proper rules on your, you know, on your home or whatever. Um, so I was just having lunch. I was at my living room. Uh, luckily I have a, I have a proper office in my house so I can disconnect a little bit. So I went to my living room and I was in the middle of lunch. So I took my phone with me and a message came in and then I started answering the message and, and I was having lunch with my wife, you know, like that was a moment for, for talking, for, for watching something or whatever. And then I started looking at the phone and responding at the phone, Slack at the phone while eating throughout the whole lunch. And I was like, God, why, Ooh. why did I do this? And then I came back to the, to, to, let's say to my office, um, which is like 10 feet away from my, from my living room. And I was like, okay, where did I stop? And then I continued the same thing that I was doing. So I didn't really disconnect. And that happened many times throughout this, this day. So, but also I have the, I don't know how this is called or, or if there is even a word for this. The, I think is the, the fear of missing out. Is that, yeah, is that a thing? Well, well. Yeah, there, there we go. 
So like taking Slack out of my phone, I, I fear that I will miss something important at work. And then I live in this constant anxiety thing. So it's not, it's not healthy. I can definitely tell you. Yeah you, yeah, you need boundaries. You need boundaries. I mean, I also have a ton of stories of burnout, unfortunately. I wish I didn't. Um, but I have one that is all about the lack of boundaries for a period of time. And it is a shockingly small period of time. This was a work trip that I took um, to, the, to North America to see customers um, at this previous place that I worked at. And the trip was uh, about a month which sounded very exciting in the beginning, but it was a whole month of spending never more than, I want to say three nights in the same hotel, but quite often, like there was a, there was a stretch of two weeks that was like every day there was a flight and a different hotel and a customer visit and a flight and a hotel and a customer visit. And um, because of this, I was um, never able to really feel like I was resting. Um, I was traveling with uh, a colleague who was a good friend, but I was not seeing him as, as a friend. I was seeing him as a coworker. I mean, of course I was seeing him as a friend, but you know what I mean? Like there's, again, there's no boundary. This person that's traveling with me is part of work as much as I love him as a person as part of work. And then I, he went away back to San Francisco and then I uh, linked up to another different team and it was kind of the same story for another week. And this, you know, this went on for basically a month. And by the end of it, I was, I was absolutely dead. Um, and it took me a while to recover from, from this. I'm not going to say that this was like full-on burnout, like the kind that Kieran was talking about, where it takes you six months to recover, but it, it truly speaks to the effects of having your routine be disrupted, your, your work and personal life boundaries completely disappear. Uh, this stuff's just, it's really bad for you. It's really easy to get into it, especially these days with remote work, like, um, like, like you just said, Italo with remote work where your your office or your office space is maybe 10 feet away or is in your living room or your bedroom, even worse. Uh, you're eating with your family, you're checking your phone, um, you're sleeping, you're working, you're living in the same place. This stuff is, is, is terrible if you don't know how to set proper boundaries. And setting proper boundaries is really difficult because it's like there's this force of entropy always fighting to bring down the barriers that you very carefully try to, to, to bring up. You know, you uninstall the email app from your phone uh, and then one day you miss a critical email that you wish you had seen and then you install the app again. I mean, this has happened to me in Slack tons of times. I have uninstalled and reinstalled Slack a bunch of times. I uninstall it. I feel great about myself because I'm in control of when I see messages and then I miss something important and I look like an idiot because everyone is expecting you to be reachable at all times. So back into the phone it goes. Um, That's another so podcast a, episode right there. <laughs> yeah, like expecting yeah. people to be available 24-7, especially on Slack. Truly. yeah. Slack is like falling into a vat of melted chocolate. Melted chocolate is a great thing on its own, but you don't want to be covered with it. Yeah, don't want it on your yes. private parts. 
It's the same thing with Slack. <laughs> yeah. I mean, is it great? To I mean, be some people to... pay good money for that. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. For sure. For <laughs> sure. But, you know, Slack, asynchronous communication, is it something that you want? Probably yes. It's great. It has a lot of, it has a huge ability to improve your, your work uh, experience if you use it properly. But if you don't, it just swallows you up and it, it kills your productivity. Um, and it's your fault at the end of the yeah, day. Yeah, true. Yeah, I agree with that. That's the very, very, very sad uh, outcome of all the thinking that you can do about your burnout. Quite often, it's your fault. Pretty much all oh, totally, it. totally. And you know what? So, okay, so we... we or, no, not, not quite often. Hold on, let me say this differently. <laughs> it's okay. 100% your fault every time. It is. At the end of the day, it is. You can complain that your boss is difficult. You can complain that your work is hard. You can complain that your colleagues are hard to work with. But at the end of the day, uh, you know, in our field, and I want to stress, in our field, we are very privileged there. We tend to be in control of these things. Uh, we do have that privilege. Um, and it's Oh, yeah, you can ignore the stupid Slack message, right? Like if, I don't know, a high pressure pipe is broken and the hot water is pouring right at you, you cannot ignore that. But Slack message, right. huh, just, just, just forget about it. Yeah, I mean, well, a, I a big part mean... of that is setting expectations as well. True, mm. true, so true, true. So if you, the, the thing is, you might respond to the funny gif that someone posted at, you know, at midnight, you, you know, I don't know, you're getting ready for bed, you just finished watching TV, you check your phone, you go, oh, someone posted a funny gif in, in hashtag random. Like, I'm going to write my witty response to that. The problem is now you set the expectation that I am the guy yeah. who is on Slack at midnight. Mm -hmm. yes. And it's just, you know, I've done a lot of freelancing in the past as well. Uh, and a lot of that also comes down to setting expectations that I'm not going to know, Mr. Client, I'm not working the weekends. I'm not going to respond to you. I don't care if you're in the US and I'm not, I'm not going to respond to you on your time zone. I'm, I work these hours. And it's ultimately the same thing with Slack. Slack is not asynchronous communication. The way that you mm. choose to use it can be asynchronous, but Slack itself is a synchronous communication tool that you have to elect to use synchronously. And in that regard, it is actually a step back from email, which is a, an asynchronous communication asynchronous, tool. Yeah. There are other tools, and oh god, I've tried them all. There are other tools that try to do asynchronous communication, and I think they ultimately do it better than Slack. But Slack has more development behind it. It's you know actively developed. There are features there. There are bugs being fixed. Uh, it's way more polished. Uh, more people use it. So if you're going to like share Slack channels with other companies or something, you, you have to do that on Slack. Uh, and it's got the integrations. So ultimately, we're not getting around Slack. It's not a tooling problem anymore. It's it's an ecosystem problem. And it's a you problem. You yeah, have to yeah. set the expectations when I you I mean, after it. all, people were having burnout when they only had email. Was the people same were story. having burnout yeah. when you had to receive faxes, which, by the way, I sent a fax this week. Thank you, uh, weird German what? systems that I have to do. Oh, wow. But, Was yeah. it a domain registrator? No, it was a that, please that cancel my stupid fucking internet contract that I cannot wait via to get out fax? of. Via Yeah. If those, you do it via fax, they actually listen to you. If you try and do it any other way, they don't. Wow. That's why I use an app called Alarm something. Forgot mm. the name. Abo Alarm. That's what I used, but they sent a fax. Yeah. They sent, they <laughs> sent a fax. Yeah, they yep. sent it for you, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, sure. Shall we, shall we maybe talk some... some 
tips, advices, recipes, anything like how sure. can you sure. cope, deal, fix, mitigate, all of the yeah. above? Can I can I can I share quit some, the industry? Yeah, go, quit the industry. Yeah, go buy exactly. a coffee shop in Thailand or something. I know a guy who did just that. There you go. And is he happy? Yes. Well, then. All right. He's still consulting uh, in IT, right? Um, and, yeah, from and his own does... coffee shop in Thailand. I mean... <laughs> it's quality of life appears to have improved dramatically. So I actually went there and it's a really nice coffee shop. And I was like, man, this, uh, there's something to this. Anyway, what I was going to say is um, I think that part of it is knowing how to identify that you're going through burnout. Because as, as I said earlier, you probably are not going to pick up on the early warning signs. And for me personally, something that I learned the hard way and over a long period of time is that for me, burnout often starts to manifest itself as a slight and insidious amplification of my worst personality traits. <laughs> you know? Yeah. DM. I yeah. can be... How, how, how to put this? I can be a little bit irritable at times. Um, and I can be hard on people when I'm upset. Um, and I can feel offended. You know, I, 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 I try really hard to separate my personality from my work. But um, I still find that when, when some kind of criticism is leveled at what I do, I at some level, there's this, you know, young, fragile Pedro who is feeling very insecure and very invalidated by this criticism that has been sort of uh, hardened by 30 odd years of existence. Um, but it's still there. And I find that when I'm uh, starting to experience burnout, I start to get more fragile. Um, I start to feel offended more easily and I start to feel very defensive and I start to like, you know, when you get the fence, you start to justify what you're doing and you start to look for flaws in the person's criticisms instead of being able to think about your own, your own, um, work. Um, but I also start to feel very self-critic, like, like too critic about myself, about my own work. So there's this really, uh, unhealthy combination of, uh, insecurity and uh, defensiveness and uh, irritability. So all of these things that are usually, I would say, under control in my personality, they start to manifest and people start noticing. Um, and before I lose the ability to work, I find that I lose the ability to be diplomatic. Um, and so that's how I learned how to identify, you know, like if I, if I start noticing that I'm being very defensive with people and that I'm getting offended really easily, I start thinking, huh, maybe, maybe it's not so much about what people are telling me, but it's about how I'm feeling about it. And, 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 and why don't I have the energy reserves to deal with these things in a constructive way anymore? And that's usually because, um, I'm drained also. Things like uh, not wanting to wake up, you know, it's this slight depressive kind of feeling where the alarm rings and you don't want to get out of bed. Uh, you certainly don't want to get out of bed to go to work. But then if it's Saturday, you're out of bed by seven because you have this uh, amazing day to, to, 
to, to experience. But then come Monday, you sleep the same hours, but you don't get out of bed. So this can like, totally relate to that. Yeah, lack of motivation, mm, the, the weekend, right? you, you, you feel amazing for the whole day, then two hours in the office on Monday and you're done. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not that anything bad happened, it's just Monday. Like no, nothing special happened. You just you just spent mm -hmm. two hours there and you're done. That's definitely I, a big sign, I agree. Yeah. To true. to actually um just build upon this idea of weekends as well, and another big sign of it is uh when I don't feel like Saturday existed. Oh when it gets oh, to that's Sunday a huge sign. and you're like shit, it's Monday morning. Hmm. That how, sounds like how a, is alcoholism it Monday I feel like I've had it. <laughs> I mean, you know, there might have been some drug-fueled evenings. This is Berlin, <laughs> after all. No, but seriously, like, it gets you know, and you know you've had a full weekend, but it feels like no, I'm only one day in. Like, what what is going on? Even though you know you've had a you know a full two day weekend, um, and you know occasionally you can take a take a Friday or a Monday off and have a have a slightly longer weekend, and it helps. Sometimes that sometimes that is all you need, and other times that is just a, a kind of temporary stopgap. Um, so a hundred percent that, that like the, the weekends are a good sign of burnout, but I, um, I want to hijack you there for a second as well, Pedro, because you, uh, you were talking about how to identify that you're already burned out. And I think that's really that everything you've said is great. I would go a step further and say, how can you proactively defend against becoming burned out in the first place? And part right. of that is having the experience that, that unfortunately we've all had um, and knowing what to look for and knowing what mistakes we made. But at the same time, there's something to be said for, you know, not committing to too much, to being defensive of your time, to and, and not, not, not to the extent that you start to become someone who isn't a team player and, and who says no to everything. But just being realistic with yourself about how much about about being only human and about how much you can only take on, I think is is uh, oh yeah, it's it's huge for defending against getting to that state in the first place. Yeah, um, and then you know not having to not having to identify that you're in that state because you've you've hopefully done enough to to protect it to protect yourself against it yeah, yeah, i don't yeah, know if definitely. there's any other any other tips that people have for protecting against getting into that situation in the first place well if i can summarize what you just said so know yourself so step one to avoid getting burnout get burnout yeah unfortunately yeah that's I, I think that's the, yeah. probably the best way you can you can figure it out because every person responds differently to burnout right so unless yeah. you know yourself I'm, really well yeah listen kieran i'm i'm you know i'm, I'm being facetious here uh <laughs> I, I, you're not a hundred percent though actually like you you're not wrong uh, you, you said know True. yourself and ultimately you don't know how you're going to react in the, you know, we've all just named the ways that we've reacted in those situations and the, the, yeah. the similarities, but they are all different to each other. True. And but hey, yeah. different people are going to react in different ways. You need to know how you react to, to that level of stress. Absolutely. Yeah. And speaking of ways to prevent it, I, I'm going to go ahead and say that for me personally, one common denominator in my burnouts was, uh, well, one of them was anxiety. I mean, this is something that's very personal, depends on what your motivations, your fears, and your circumstances are. So I'm not going to talk too much about that. But the other one is um, not taking time off sufficiently. 
my most significant burnout episodes in the last five years. And unfortunately, that's plural, which feels like too many episodes for such a short amount of time. But um, they were both uh, after having never taken an entire week of vacation, for instance. You know, always, always taking, maybe I'll take a longer weekend. Maybe I'll take a Thursday and a Friday and I'll fly somewhere for the, for a long weekend. And that feels like a break and that's great, but it's not because you're never truly disconnecting. So I'm, I'm, I'm talking, take three weeks of vacation, take a month at a time. Disclaimer, we are currently sitting comfortably in Berlin, Germany, Europe, where this is a thing that you can do. I yeah. fully appreciate that this might not be possible in other places, um, which is its own problem and probably merits its own podcast, to be honest. But oh, yeah, you know, I, I can definitely talk about that. Oh yeah, yeah, I, I'm sure you can. Um, but yeah, so if, if 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 you have the possibility of taking four weeks of vacation uh, over a year, uh, at least once take two straight weeks. You know. Maybe you want to split the other two in, in, in difference over different uh, events and holidays and whatever, but uh, one week is not enough because you cannot unplug. You just can't. Like You can. You're going to unplug usually towards the end of the vacation, and then you're going to be back to work. So you haven't actually rested. So taking time. And, I, and here in Europe, um, we have the ability to do that, and still I see... In myself previously and I see it in co-workers I see it all the time people have this weird idea of accumulating vacation days so that one day they can take two months straight I mean it never happens people, it doesn't happen never yeah. happens. it doesn't yeah. happen you're gonna be you're not gonna be able to, 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 to switch off work you're not gonna be able to, to rest and reset and refresh and, and then it comes to the end of the year and your holiday's a burden because you have to use it before you lose it, yeah. right? Because someone yeah. is telling you, hey, use it or lose it, exactly. And then you don't even want to take it. Um, yeah, so definitely that um, is, is, a key, is a key way to, to, avoid, to avoid that, that burnout. Another holiday tip as well is to uh, give yourself permission to do nothing when you're on holiday. So I think oh, it was yeah. two two years ago. It's a very good advice. Uh, we went to Cyprus, and um, I'd been to Cyprus before. My partner hadn't, but we said, you know what? We've both we've both been incredibly stressed out over the last few weeks. Uh, we're taking this holiday, and even though I hadn't seen the island in God knows over ten years, and she'd never been there, we actually never saw the island. We didn't. We didn't force ourselves to be going and doing all the sightseeing and taking excursions and going as much as I love scuba diving. I didn't actually go scuba diving there um, because all we did was sit by the pool and just read book after book after book, which sounds like it would get boring after a while. But my God, I have not had a holiday since then when I feel like I switched off quite so much. And it was just because I just gave myself permission. I said, I'm not going to try and have an itinerary. I'm not going to try and, you know, do the things that all the websites say, you know, six things to do when you're here for a week or whatever. Um, forget that. It's, it's I'm sitting by the pool yeah. and reading a book. And it's yeah, impressive. I mean, you have a routine that during the normal working day. Why would you 
go and have the same thing during your but again vacation. it's fomo you know you you feel yeah. like yes. if oh yes. if i go to this beautiful place and i don't see it and i don't and also social media and i don't put it on instagram that i've gone to this beautiful place then have i ever really been well like forget about it just sit by the pool <laughs> like drink a margarita and read a book and honestly you'll feel way better than if you're trying to find that perfect instagram snap you know that it's so true. it's so incredible how we sabotage ourselves that way mentally all the time me and my wife uh, went on a long-term travel experience last year, as you know. And there was a time when we were actually both of us super, super anxious because we weren't doing exciting things the way we thought we should, given the places that we were at. Um, we were just we had days where we were just hanging by the pool, as you said, reading books and feeling miserable because we were missing out on all of the zip lining and ATV riding and scuba diving and all those things that the place had to No had to Instagram offer. pictures, nothing to report back home. Yeah. Right? Exactly, like, hey, exactly. hey, how, how can I come back and not to show to all these people how yeah. awesome my vacation was? Yeah. Because I had I, it for them, not for me, right? Yeah, exactly. So I don't want to go too too deep into this 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 tangent. Just just to say that I totally I totally understand what you're saying here, and I think that this has implications to to the burnout topic because we quite often feel. Um, oh, I'm going to stop saying we. I'm going to just relate my experience instead of generalizing. I feel that when I'm going into burnout, I notice my performance decreasing. And that creates an anxiety to compensate, often by working harder or longer hours or, you know, um, trying to do something more important, uh, just somehow compensate for what I perceive to be my own loss of productivity. And that just is my brain working against itself. I need to rest. I need to unplug. I need to go away. And instead, I'm trying to work even harder to make up for my lack of performance, which is only going to make the problem worse. It took me ages to realize that this is happening. We are our own worst enemies, guys. True. That's true. All and right. I think I have a word for all the people managers who are going to listen to this. <laughs> Please do recognize signs of burnout in the people you manage. And please force them to go and have vacations, like literally kick them out of the office, start kicking people out after six and stuff like that. Like whatever your working hours are. True. Like, that might again be a whole nother episode yes. about. Yeah, also, that's what I was going to say, because it gets even harder to identify that as a manager when you are working remote which oh, it, yeah. it becomes a real challenge, but you, you can identify that. But that's a, a whole episode by itself. It, it, it is. And I want to just, just, just uh, add a quick word of warning, though. I mean, I, I completely agree with the sentiment there, Max, um, but we are not talking about um, situations where the anxiety and the stress might actually be coming from the home. I mean, mm -hmm. people have very diverse lives um, and we don't know what's going on with them and sometimes we might assume that they're feeling burned out because of work and they might actually be going through some struggles at home i mean we know the divorce rates right we know yeah, about home I mean, violence we know about all these a chat. 
Yeah, well, people are very defensive about these things, and they're not—they're not going to tell you, "Hey, I'm actually staying at work until eight every day because I don't want to go home." That's true. So That's true. I'm just going to say, don't make assumptions. You know, um, it's a very good sentiment to say, "I'm going to kick you out of the office. I'm going to force you to go on vacation." But ultimately, it needs to be each person to decide what they needs to do. You just—I think you, all you can do is is tell them, "Hey, you know, it's okay." If you want to go home early, it's okay to take time. I would recommend you to take time, but then I think that's as far as you can go, really, mm. without running the risk of overstepping your bounds. Well, and See, I've had that's direct, what happens to me when reports. I'm burned out. I'm super quick to judge things. Like I don't think. I just go and dump my opinion without thinking too much. Right, but, but other people. These are not off. obvious. These things are not obvious, Max. Don't blame yourself. Like this stuff is totally not obvious. No, no, what so, I meant, like, I usually think a little bit more about things. And oh. this time I'm just like, yeah, do this, done. I have a solution for you. <laughs> Max, you're no, one I mean, of the I've, best I've had direct reports where I've known something was wrong. Like, I can, you know, I, I know the person and, and I'm having my one-on-ones with them and I'm, and I'm looking at their performance over the past weeks and I'm thinking, okay, something's up. Probably not work-wise. Maybe you're burnt out, maybe not. Maybe there's something personal going on. But at the end of the day, they don't want to open up to me as a manager, and that's fine. That then, again, whole nother episode, but that then becomes a very difficult situation wherein I know that something's wrong. I want to extend to them all the privileges of going, you know, taking some extra holiday or going home early or whatever but at the same time you have to be very diplomatic in those situations it, it's very difficult oh yeah what if they think that you just kicking them out because i don't know whatever <laughs> because you're not satisfied with their performance right. or you don't yeah, like true. them or something right. or just you're being nosy this can totally backfire they just Absolutely. think you're being nosy when ultimately you know you might want their their well-being you, you know sure We have an hour and two minutes of recording. Yeah, and okay. To wrap this, let's wrap this bad boy up. I think that is. Okay, can I mention one more thing before we wrap it up? Is it our sponsor? No, no. It's it's a little hack that, uh, funnily enough, that the only single guy here is going to mention that. If you are lucky to have a partner or a close friend. I think at some point they might try to tell you that something is off. Like it all depends on the person, but quite often they do let you know, especially if it's your partner and you live together, they do let you know that something might be off. Or some people would even tell you, hey, you're doing this thing that you were doing two years ago and you were burned out then. So probably it's this thing. Uh, Just try to listen to what they say. Think about it. I have a long story to share, which I might share some other time. But yeah, that 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 really helps. Cliffhanger. So if you <laughs> want to hear Maxime's story, make sure you're subscribed to our Patreon that we don't actually have. Uh, <laughs> because that is probably going to be a super secret Patreon only episode that I'm just making this up at this point. But uh, yeah, so I think I think this is a good time to wrap this puppy up. So uh yeah, for all of for both of our listeners, thank you very much. Thank you so much for listening and tune in next week for onboarding. 
Into wording. Okay. Into weeks. <laughs> nice. Nice. All Thanks, right. Thanks, guys. About the topic we never managed to actually talk about. Yes. It's going to be the, the beginning. It's going to be our final episode. We'll keep going for a hundred <laughs> episodes before we finally get to it. <laughs> <laughs> and we keep saying every episode we're going to talk about it in the next one. Yeah. It's going to be a thing. Good. I think we're. I think we've also been wanting to talk about tiny houses for about four episodes as well. Oh so. yeah, I, oh, I, yeah, I still have to ones. talk about that. So good, next good. episode, I'm very, I'm I'm very proud you. of us. So next episode, we're going to fulfill all the promises we've made over the past few episodes. Uh, make sure you are uh, liked and subscribed, and you smash that bell and uh, whatever else that people, whatever else that people do these days. All that, yeah. And uh, yeah. Um, you can find me on the internet at Kieran AJP pretty much everywhere. Uh, and uh, we've got Maxim, uh, Zelax, pretty much everywhere. Yeah, it's Z-E-E-L-A-X pretty much everywhere, except on Twitter. Except I think somewhere you're Zelax too. Yeah, Zelax too on Twitter. And we have Italo Lelis pretty much yes. everywhere. At Italo Lelis everywhere. Link in description. They will all be in the description because they're all pretty much unspellable. Yep. And uh, speaking of unspellable, we have Pugus Candeus. <laughs> <laughs> you nail it, nail it. That's exactly how my people say it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm Pugus Candeus everywhere, including Twitter that I never use. Awesome. So tune in next week for that uh, that one episode that we promised we will do. Uh, all your hopes and dreams will be uh, brought to fruition in the episode. And, uh, exactly. Peace out, guys. Cheers. Peace out. Ciao.